0: Welcome to EMS, History, Myth, and Media, a podcast for EMS professionals, emergency care personnel, and anyone interested in emergency care and medical history. This episode is about the father of EMS, Baron LeRae. In this episode, I'll discuss his life and the timeline, and in the next couple of episodes, I'll go more in depth into some of his innovations in emergency medical service. Stay tuned. Dominique Jean Leray, born in 1766 and died in 1842 at the age of 76 in France. Leray is basically the inspiration for my entire study of the history of EMS. He was the son of a very poor shoemaker and lived in poverty, and his father died when he was 13. He moved in with an uncle who was a physician and surgeon and teacher. Dominic Jean's older brother had apprenticed with the uncle and was working already as a surgeon. By the age of 21, having apprenticed since about the age of 15 or 16 with his uncle, Dominic Jean was an accomplished surgeon and started work. He served uh, on board as a military surgeon, but due to seasickness, he left and went back to medical school. The French, who had financed partially, the American Revolution was deeply in debt, and in 1789 to 1799 underwent its own revolution. Leray believed in the revolution and led a group of medical students in the crowd in the storming of Bastille. The opening of that famous prison released political dissident prisoners, but also a bunch of criminals, as well as, according to all accounts, quote, lunatics, end quote, as many of the mentally ill were housed in Either prisons or asylums at that time. Leray resumed his career as a military surgeon shortly thereafter. Hippocrates once said, uh, he's the famous guy who uh, the oath is named after, quote, War is the only proper school for surgeons, end quote. And no one proved this more than did Leray. After the revolution, Napoleon took over as military dictator, later pronouncing himself emperor. Leray met Napoleon and was appointed as the chief surgeon for Napoleon's armies in about 1797. Their relationship spanned about 20 years, and Leray was involved in every military campaign, some 60 major battles. Leray was wounded twice, the last time at Waterloo, Napoleon's final defeat. Napoleon found Leray inspirational in his creativity and his humanity, and is quoted as saying that Larey is, quote, the most virtuous man I have ever known, end quote. Before Larey, military medical treatment was crude and brutal. Uh, areas for treating the wounded were usually set up a league, which is about three and a half miles from the front lines. Wounded would lie on the battlefield for up to 24 to 36 hours, many of them dying uh, due to lack of care, before being evacuated to the field hospitals. Leray was said to be, quote, disappointed and mournful at the sight of the privations to which the wounded were exposed, end quote. Always innovative, Leray decided to change things. Uh, being the chief surgeon of the army and having Napoleon's full support, he did just that. I'll cover some of his innovations in more depth and project their influence on current EMS and emergency care and other episodes, but I'll mention them here. First, Leray moved the military treatment much closer to the fighting. He developed mobile hospitals, tents basically, just behind the front lines, and had them designed to be set up and torn down very quickly. He called these hôpital Ambulant, or walking hospitals. Apparently, the slang for these became Ambulance. Next, noting the rapid mobility of the field artillery on carts uh, which were horse-drawn and mounted on springs so that uh, they could go over rough terrain, Luray developed the concept of similar spring-equipped carts to load wounded into with a pad to lay them on and some supplies to stop bleeding and other treatment until they got to the obital Ambulante. Wounded were picked up while the battle raged about them, a never-before-known concept, and these carts were known as ambulances volantes, basically the flying hospital, uh, which would support the walking hospital to which the wounded were evacuated. We still call such vehicles ambulances. Leray had to prioritize who needed the most immediate treatment, vital where so many wounded came simultaneously, And Leray systematized and taught all of his medical staff, which he called from the French word trier, meaning to sort, the word triage. His sorting involved deciding if, one, the wounded could be quickly patched up and returned to battle, or two, require prompt treatment, often amputation, but would not fight again soon, or three, were mortally wounded and were going to die, and they received only comfort care, oftentimes alcohol. LeRae also did not differentiate between friend or foe. He gave the same treatment to enemy wounded as he did his own troops, a concept which evolved into the Red Cross. He also followed strict triage protocol. He didn't differentiate between officers or enlisted, which infuriated some of the officers but endeared him to the troops. He was so beloved that on retreat from Russia at a river, the troops said, let us save him who saved us, end quote, and the soldiers passed him over their heads as they stood or treaded water until he was safely across. In 1809, and after one battle, Napoleon bestowed upon Leray the title Baron of the Empire, and he was Baron Ray thereafter. He was wounded twice, and once reportedly, uh, while operating uh, on a soldier, did not even look up when his hat was shot off. Leray stated, quote, To perform a task as difficult as that of a military surgeon, I am convinced one must often sacrifice oneself, perhaps entirely to others, must scorn fortune, and must maintain an absolute integrity, end quote. Through service in North Africa, in Europe, and in the disastrous campaign to invade Russia, Leray perfected his surgical techniques, he wrote extensively, and he pioneered some concepts in treating gunshot wounds, treating infected wounds by debridement, and the treatment of hypothermia and frostbite. When Napoleon invaded Russia, the Russians employed their most effective weapon. Winter. They slowly retreated and pulled the French Grande Armée deep into Russia, when winter hit. Napoleon eventually uh, was convinced that the Tsar was not going to surrender, and they retreated, but not before they had lost thousands to hypothermia and frostbite. One of the concepts that Laray came up with was prompt intervention and surgical treatment, sometimes on the battlefield, uh, and he preached this to all of his team. Once, when a general was sitting cross-legged, when a cannonball hit his leg, LeRae was called, arrived, and amputated the leg in two minutes. He... Pioneered a number of surgical techniques both uh, in the military and in private practice, uh, including disarticulation, the amputating at the hip or the shoulder joint, uh, taking it out, which was considered uh, impossible before that. And the shoulder amputation became known as a Leray amputation. It's claimed in one battle, Leray performed 200 amputations in 24 hours. In his writings later, several things became named for Leray, including Leray's sign in diagnosing sacroiliitis, and Leray's cleft in the diaphragm, a muscle defect in diaphragmatic hernias. He invented such things as packing the stumps of amputations with ice and snow for pain control and to slow bleeding. After one of his defeats, Napoleon was banished to the island of Elba. Leray offered to go to Elba with Napoleon, being a close friend, but Napoleon refused, saying that Leray was needed elsewhere. Napoleon eventually escaped from Elba and returned briefly to reclaim his command. At Waterloo, Napoleon was finally defeated and later exiled to where he finally died. Leray was wounded in the battle, was knocked unconscious, and when he regained consciousness, he began slowly walking away. He was captured by Prussian soldiers, stripped of most of his belongings and clothes, and taken before their commander who ordered his execution a surgeon was called to bind his wounds uh, while they were waiting to uh, set him up for execution. And it turns out that the surgeon had heard LeRae lecture about six years earlier and of course recognized him. He begged for him to be spared and took him to Marshal Blucher. Uh, and those of you with uh, young Frankenstein fans like me will have to whinny like a horse when you hear Blucher. Anyway, LeRay, uh had saved Blucher, <laughs> his son, uh, Years earlier, when his son was wounded in a battle with the French, he was captured and treated as usual in spite of being on the other side. Marshal Blucher gave Leray clothes, money, and had him dine with him uh, before sending him back to France with a full Prussian military escort. After Napoleon's complete defeat, uh, Leray... Supervised military hospital construction across the region in, in North Africa, he taught and lectured he wrote books of medicine and memoirs and was highly decorated. He was in northern Africa, inspecting a military hospital with his son who was by this time, also a military surgeon, when he became ill, he was transported back to France where he died. He was buried, and years later, his body was moved to a grave near Napoleon's. The highest NATO medical honor is the Dominic Jean Leray Award. He's truly the father of modern military surgery and the father of emergency medical service. I'll specifically discuss some of the concepts of military hospitals, triage, and other innovations in later episodes, Uh, but suffice it to say that Baron LeRae should be an inspiration to all of us. Thank you for listening to this episode, and please stay tuned for further episodes of EMS History, Myth, and Media. Thanks.